Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. I have another incredible guest for you today, which is so good. I think I had quite a dry spell where I just didn't have the time to get guests on the show. And in the last little while, I've made some amazing connections and I'm excited to share their wisdom and their guidance with you. Today, we are talking with Whitney Walker, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she specializes in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, and trauma. She also works as a recovery coach and spiritual guide. And now what she started to do is speak a lot more openly on her ideas about the return of the divine feminine to our world and how it can change the experience of life on the planet. And this is what her podcast is all about, which is the Women Waken podcast. And she is just such a breath of fresh air and has so many powerful ideas. And I've just deeply enjoyed connecting with her. And we also have a few more podcast episodes we're going to be doing together in the future, as well as a potential workshop. So a lot of great things in store for you as the listener. And I just hope you have a great time hearing from Whitney about the power of harnessing our feminine energy and how that energy can deeply help us heal things like eating disorders, addiction, past traumas. So this is a powerful episode with many actionable strategies. I cannot wait to share it with you. So let's do just that. Hello, Whitney, and welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast. Hi, Kayla. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for having me on your show a week ago. So we connected, had like the best conversation. And I know my listeners are absolutely going to love you. Wonderful. Yeah. We show swapped. It was fun. (laughs) It really was. It's that's one of the things I love about this is you just get to talk to really cool people and take deep dives on what they do and the amazing journeys they've had. And that's just fun for me. Yeah, absolutely. It it is. It's a big leap to actually do a podcast, right? So many, a lot of people talk about it. It's one of those things where it's like, I should start a podcast. I should write a book. But when you actually do the podcast, the cool thing is that you never know who might find you and who you might connect with. And I've connected with some of the coolest people like you (laughs) and you're awesome. And we had such a great talk and I'm like, I'm so glad 
that I know you now. And we wouldn't have if it weren't for us putting ourselves out there and having these shows. Very true. So I would love if you just shared a little bit about who you are and the work you do in the world. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist by profession. I've been licensed for a few years now and started my own private practice two years ago. Um, I specialize in addiction, substance abuse, eating disorders, and trauma. And my personal history includes all of those. I, I really got into therapy because I did therapy and it was a big game changer for me. It was the first time that I actually had someone else hear my story that wasn't a friend and wasn't a family member. It was somebody who listened as a third party and I was able to get more honest feedback, right? Where they would say, wow, you really went through something and your story is really rich and that sounds really painful and different things that just really validated my experience with things as we've talked about Kayla's like eating disorders, which are so confusing, can be very secretive, can be very scary. You can get lost in them. So it was nice to be heard. So I knew once I started doing my own work and addressing my eating disorder, my addictions, that I wanted to help other people who were stuck too, because the more I went through it, I would think, gosh, why do we do this? Why is this happening to me? Why does this happen to so many of us? So I pursued that path. And now I get to work as a therapist in a private practice online, which is fantastic because it affords me to travel right now. I'm a uh, gypsy, which is perfect because I have a bit of a gypsy soul. I've, I've been on the road for a year now, um, road tripping all over the United States, which has been so much fun and so incredible to see so many places and different environments and different people and different cultures. And yeah, so that's been lovely. And then I started this pod, my podcast, the women waken podcast back in 2021. And that was really an effort to, I think, which is also sort of your purpose and focus Kayla is to start to get the word out there, start to generate conversation around issues that I have seen all the time in my life. And now as a therapist, see all the time with clients and I'm constantly asking, why is it this way? And what can we do to start changing things? Yes, absolutely. And I would highly recommend to any of my listeners, if you like this podcast, Woman Waken podcast as well. And I will put the links in the episode description to that. And what I love about your podcast and the concept for it is the idea of cultivating that feminine power and that feminine energy, which often gets like sidelined or dismissed without people realizing how much potency is there and how much it's needed to balance out more of that masculine energy that's really celebrated in our everyday lives. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is that it truly is something for everyone in that I think a lot of people associate that with maybe somebody who's just like really spiritual and a hippie and they just want to talk about peace, love and freedom, which are all great things. But so many people dismiss that notion out of hand or somebody who's, you know, maybe just a really strong feminist and just wants to say that, you know, we need to just give women the full focus and and, you know, spotlight right now, which is also partially true. But to, to me, it's more about just a, a very actually realistic look at our world right now. And it truly is, if you take away gender, it's just 
all of one thing and almost nothing of the other, the yin and the yang, right? We are a society of producers. We want to produce, we want to consume, we want to create. We're just in this upward trajectory uh, to infinity that cannot be sustained within ourselves or within the planet. So in that way, I, I hope to generate conversation around the change that is inevitable, because to me, it it's going to, we're going to realize that you can't go just in one direction only. You have to have the balance of both and the divine feminine, the feminine energy can be expressed and explained and explored in so many different ways. Cause it's very nuanced, just as the masculine is the masculine is a wonderful thing as well. But when that's all you got, you just burn out everything. You burn out resources, you burn out you know, personal energies. And that's what we're seeing. And that's why we have a, a society of people who are sick, depressed, anxious, left disordered, right? Addicted, because we're, we're based in a, a concept that all we are is what we produce or what people see of us, how we look, how much success we have, how much we can do, how much attention we get. And that is completely disconnected from what we truly are, which is our essence, our soul. And that's to me as the feminine is the recognition of what is the acknowledgement of holding sacredness of ourselves and life. And right now it's like, we just do not do that. <laughs> we're like, we, we do something and we're like, what's next? What's next? Rather than saying, oh my gosh, look, let's, let's take care of what we've created first. We're like, no, there's no time for that. We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving or we die. And that's a dangerous mentality. It is. And that's just something that I see so often is like that there is that like celebration of pushing and masculine and grinding. And, and that's like, there's a lot of really great things about that. And it's so interesting. I did back in January, a slay series for an entire month that was like, activate your masculine superpowers because so many great things about it. And that month was one of my highest downloaded months up to that point. And then the next month I did um, a Thrive series, Activate Your Feminine Superpowers. And I had the lowest downloads I'd had in such a long time. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I'd, I'd love to just chat with you about breaking the, con- the misconception that the feminine is like weak or lesser than. And I'd love if we just both shared, like, what do we see in the feminine that really helps a person heal live their best life and actually move towards our goals more effectively in this like almost left-handed way. Absolutely. A few questions that just spurned a lot of interest because that's very fascinating that difference you saw. I because I do you ha- tend to have a more male-based audience or more women in your audience? My assumption is female. Um I mean I don't I it doesn't break down by genders in the downloads but I'm guessing it's female. Right. Like all the people who reached out to me have been women. So that's so interesting to think that even women are more interested in, in harnessing their masculine right now. And I think it is because I think the idea of the feminine is like a nice idea. It's like, yeah, when I have time, I'll think about how I can do self-love and self-care, but I have bills to pay. I have success I want to achieve. So I want to get masculine about it. But to your point, The power of the feminine is that when you think about about it, and this is not to demean the masculine energy at all, but if there is no feminine, there is nothing. 
because the feminine is that which holds life. It creates mm-hmm. life and then it holds it. Masculine is that growth, the, the, the plant that gets to come if we have the soil of life. And what we've done is because, but the, the thing about feminine is it won't be as the masculine is very, you know, it, it exerts a lot, but the feminine will, it holds space. So it won't necessarily demand anything. Um, I mean, that's not hundred percent correct, but it, what I'm trying to say is it's not going to boast, right? The feminine is, is, is very much just about, again, holding what's sacred, holding life, providing life, holding this, the sanctity of, of everything. So it's not as flashy, right? It's not as impressive, but is it powerful? It is the power without it. There's nothing, there's nothing for life to grow from. If you don't have the foundation that is the feminine, you know, again, masculine is the growth that gets to come. And again, it's powerful. It's beautiful. It's the, and life is about creating and expressing. So we, we want that, but if you don't have a solid feminine, there is nothing to grow. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that when people realize that, and here's where it comes into play, when people are frustrated enough without having any real meaning in their lives, any real value of themselves, when they struggle with addictions and disorders, that's when people come around and they say, why do I feel this way? Why do I, and let's talk also about, you know, both you and I have been through eating disorders you know, self-sabotage, self-destruction, um, rejection of the self. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that occur when we're not connected with our feminine because our feminine is absolute recognition that we are, we are sacred beings. We are infinite goddesses and goddesses. We are the gods and goddesses, right? We are no different. We are a piece of the source, but we think that we are nothing. I would say that most people most people I know are insecure. Most people I know question constantly whether they matter, whether they're of value, whether they're lovable. Those are all indications of a lack of feminine, of a lack of feminine energy. Because again, feminine knows it just, that's what it is. It is the divine. And so it knows that everyone has infinite value inherently. You don't have to do anything. There's another big difference. The male says, what have you done lately? You say that you're a value. What's in your bank account? How tall are you? How do you look? How many people have you dated? What's your status? The feminine says, don't tell me anything. I know. Mm-hmm. So it's the power. It's the infinite power. Whereas and here. Okay. We can also say this. The feminine power is unconditional. It is there no matter what the masculine is conditional. As I was just pointing out, it says, yes. yeah, you're, you're a value. If X, Y, and Z. So that's the shift that's going to happen because, okay, sorry, I get excited about this stuff, right? But mm-hmm. we, a, a disorder is an addiction, right? An eating disorder is an addiction. You are addicted to behaviors. You, it's, you know, it becomes compulsive, whether it's overeating or restricting, right? Becoming consumed with your value being based on how you look or your weight. Um, but the, the feminine doesn't need any of that. So when we're in our masculine, we're in an addictive energy. And I would say right now, our whole entire society is addicted, is addicted, period. (laughs) No more needs to be said. We're, there's actually a book that my friend just recommended that I want to read. It's called when society is an addict, is an addict. 
because that's where we're at right now. People want to listen to the episodes about masculine because they're like, yeah, I want to find out how I can get successful and I can get all this stuff. They're like, and then feminine again is like, yeah, maybe on a, a lazy Sunday, I'll listen to how to like meditate. That's just the way we, it's, it won't last forever. Right. And to me, conversations that you and I have and others like us, it's the rumblings of like what will soon be so obvious. Right. I just had a conversation with somebody who's going to be on my show about this, that it's not going to be that long before people say, how the heck did we used to live that way? That was miserable because you know what a word that I would use to describe our world right now, if you have to use it is hell, because to me, hell is living in a place where all the terms are conditional and you don't know your own value and there's no freedom. You're imprisoned to certain beliefs and conditions. And again, we want these masculine energies because we think I am not a value unless this. Whereas a feminine world says, great, we're all here. Let's party. Let's have a good time because we don't have to do a damn thing. We created the world the way it is now. We created this conditional system. It could easily be the opposite way where we're all just enjoying ourselves and working cohesively. But this individualistic mindset says, if you win, then I lose. So I have to win. And it's competition rather than cooperation. (laughs) That kind of, I know that's long winded, but to me, that is the essence of the power of the feminine that will, is going to rise with abandon. Like it's going to be big. Once it kind of comes through, people will really see that it was the biggest power all the time. Yes, because if everyone was able to grasp that concept that there are no conditions to being loved, being worthy, being enough, and they just let all those go, like the amount of personal power and energy that would be freed up for every single person would be amazing. And I think that the feminine has the power to honestly like collapse timelines in that the masculine will set these like standards that we need to hit in order to feel a certain way when really it's us and our perceptions that are creating those standards. But if we realize that we are the generators of these emotions and we're just using external things to create those emotions and stop doing that, we can feel the way we want to feel in advance of getting any goal that we have, which uh, really excites me. Absolutely. And then all achievements are just icing on the cake, which is the vision I have for a world in the future is that we literally are just cooperatively working together to combine our various gifts and abilities to create a greater society for all. Whereas now it's, we are entrenched in this world that is, I mean, first of all, there's so many, so much deception and lies. There's very little transparency in our world, which is very concerning and truly is the root of most of our issues. Mm-hmm. People don't feel like they can trust anyone, you know, and I often encourage people to look at things um, on the macro versus micro. The way you see the world at large, isn't that different from the way you experience your individual life. When we have friendships and partnerships where we feel like that constant sense of, am I being gaslit? And am I being, is that person even being honest with me? It's a terrible feeling, right? You're constantly like, man, like I want to believe in these feelings. Like let's say you're in a relationship and you're like, I feel loving feelings, but I don't think they're being sincere. I think they're lying to me. Sometimes it gives you kind of this yucky feeling where you don't know if you can trust what's around you. Well, we have that feeling about our entire world right now, because again, when you're in the masculine, you're fighting, you're constantly competing. You can't be honest because if you're honest, you might lose. 
So people we're being lied to all the time so that people can get wealthier. People can take advantage of others. People can keep getting what they want and not missing out on the things that they want to have. Somebody told me that once they said, people lie for two reasons. You're either afraid of losing what you have or not getting what you want. And we're stuck in that energy of, I can't be who I truly am or say what I truly feel because I might lose something or not get something. Yeah. I'm trying to think. And those really do seem like the only reasons people would lie or hide the truth or anything like that. Yeah. It usually all comes down to just a few concepts and that's kind of it. And so again, to, to what you're saying, I see a world in the future where we kind of put down our swords and we put that, pull down the mask and we realize if we want to be healthy, thriving beings, we need to have transparency and honesty and we need to work collaboratively. And that means, but the thing about it though, and this is the biggest part of my vision is that, cause I feel like a lot of people say it's kind of like those who argue for capitalism, which I'm not knocking capitalism. There's, we just haven't figured out a way that works yet, but capitalism itself is not terrible. It's just, we have out of control capitalism. But the thing is that a great joy in life is to create and to share things and to see what are we, what innovations can we have? But there's a way to do it where everybody gets to play a part and everybody is, again, working together rather than right now where it's very like this person gets all this money and fame and the other person just feels like they're, you know, have nothing to do with it. So it's a world where we still get to have this this excitement because, okay, they also say that a lot of addiction is addiction to excitement, right? That whether it's sex or food or drugs, you get addicted to the thrill, right? Like I, I was stuck so long in the bin purge cycle where it's like, okay, I won't eat for days so that I can like binge for three days and eat whatever I want, because it's the excitement of like, Oh, I can't wait to go eat these, the anticipation for it, the excitement. And it's not wanting to just sit with, you know, stability and neutrality and consistency because you're addicted to excitement. But the thing is that you can have that excitement that's healthy, where it's like, oh, we're going to work together and create this innovation that's going to help a lot of people in the world and be beneficial. And I still get to use my gifts rather than now where it's like, well, I need to make sure I'm the only one that has an innovation because I want to shine the brightest. I want to, it's, we're all kind of like competing on this dog pile to see who can get to the top. So I think that that's what the feminine will allow is to see there is there's room for everybody. There was all, and there's enough for everybody. There's also a big issue is uh, the, the lack mentality, a mentality of insufficiency that there's not enough to go around. So we compete till death for resources when we just aren't willing to find other ways to have more resources accessible to everyone. So it's it's that same thing where we're not, because if the feminine had its time, then we would have already created a system, again, that foundation. And we would have said, okay, this is how resources can be shared. This is how we can have everyone have their basic needs met. This is the most effective way for society to run. And then up blossoms the masculine where we begin from that soil, from that ground, we grow forth great innovations that help one another that are exciting. But right now it's not like that. It's competitive. It's individualistic and it's all veiled in lies. 
not to be too like dark about it, but it's just the truth of the way things are right now in a lot of ways. Definitely. And there is, I find a lot of like resistance from society at large when you try to push back against that and create something different. So I think the more conversations about this we can have, the better it's just going to end up all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, I'm a big proponent. I, I know I tend to get, um, I get really worked up. I'm fairly, fairly passionate, but I don't want to be angry and I'm not angry. You know, I'm not one of those that's, um, and it's fine. I, I believe I honor everyone's feelings, whether in your state of like, let's burn this mother down. Or if you're like, let's talk about a new way of being, that's fine. But I just tend to lean more towards the new way of being attitude where it's like, don't worry. There's a quote by Buckminster Fuller that essentially says, you know, it's not about destroying what it is, but in creating something new that makes the old way obsolete. So that's what I focus on is like, let's all get together and kind of talk about what could a new way look like and why, why don't we want to do the old way anymore? Well, it's not working for us. We're, we're, and a lot of us are unhappy. A lot of us are addicted. A lot of us are healthy. How can we move into a way where we can coexist together, still enjoy life, still have success, still, you know, each have our own success, but work together on it, be more stable, release any of that toxic energy that keeps us discontent with ourselves and seeking things outside of ourselves for confirmation, for validation. So I look a lot to that where it's more about, let's talk, let's talk about what that could be, but also let's talk about the way things are because our world can move at a breakneck speed. And we all get so many responsibilities, which to me also brings the point of the power of the feminine is that if we were more in our feminine, everybody wouldn't have such a heavy load on their shoulders because the feminine also believes in community and collaboration, people working together. You know, I, I've read a lot of so many books about different theories on this, but you know, a lot, I mean, there's still societies like this today, but eons ago, the world used to be very different and people, when they raised a family, it wasn't the nuclear family we see today. It was, it was a village, right? When a, a child was born, it was often the elders that would raise the children. And I'm sure this still happens in certain sectors of the world today, but can you imagine how much different the world would be if people who had children didn't have to worry then that it was all on them to support them and raise them and that they were only getting the messaging from their parents rather than this loving messaging from again, elders and a whole community of people. So I see that as also being the power of the feminine is it empowers us and it gives us greater capacity because we don't carry the weight of everything on our shoulders. The masculine, again, it's very individualized. So it's like, I have to do this all on my own, each man for himself, where the feminine is like, is so the analogy for feminine is often water. Well, you can't separate out water in a pool. You can't like push it. Everything is connected. So, and again, this world, I think brings us down a lot because it is that weight of like, gosh, this is so hard. It's so hard to do this all on my own and to feel like I have to be impressive and worry all the time about whether I'm accepted by my peers and my community and how I'm going to make it in life. Whereas if we had a more feminine based society, there's, you don't have to make it. You're, you're just, I also read recently, like you, there's such a big, we've always had this phrase of how will I make a living? We shouldn't have to make a living here. You know, we came into this world. It shouldn't like as a gift, it shouldn't be like, okay, well you're here now. You got to figure it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
Yes, definitely. So I love that we've had this conversation on sort of like the mass impact that the feminine can have. And in case my listeners are listening and like, oh my goodness, where do we even get started? (laughs) I'd love to take it from that macro to the micro and just talk about how when people who are struggling with addictions, eating disorders, start to infuse more feminine energy into their lives. What is the impact that that can have on that person in terms of like healing and recovering and all those different things? Yeah. Well, I'll I'll start first by speaking from my experience, which is that when I was more deeper in my addiction and eating disorder, it, um, well, first of all, it's exhausting, but it was a lot of really, um, anxious energy, right? This, cause it was this constant question of, am I enough? Am I good enough? I didn't know for myself. And the more you get into your feminine, again, it's this unconditionality where, and I think that's even in the past year, I felt it even more where, cause I used to get these pangs of fear where it's like, oh my gosh, do I, do I look okay? Am I going to, is that okay? How I look, is it okay? How I present, is it okay? What I think, but more and more it's this, yeah, it's okay. No matter what you think, no matter how you look, there's less of that. It's like the edge has been taken off a little bit because I think I have moved more into my feminine, which is unconditional and that everything's okay. Like there's nothing at stake here. Cause I know that I'm more than just this person in this lifetime. I believe in having a soul. I believe in my soul. I feel like I've gotten to know my soul more and my soul essence. And so in that acceptance, which is a key word, mm-hmm. right? Acceptance will break almost any chains of addiction and disorder. Cause I mean, the biggest root of fear of, a, of an eating disorder, I think is that we're not good enough unless, you know, mm-hmm. and it can really just generate a lot of fear. Exactly. That, you know, and, and I think that, you know, an eating disorder is so much based in that anxious fear energy, you know, whether like binge eating, we talked about it on our show or on my show, Kayla, and on your episode is that it's this force, It becomes this power. And it, it really is the result of not feeling like we have anywhere else to channel that power energy or not knowing how to harness or work with our personal power. And so all we know is that we have this, these desires, this, this really almost palpable force within us that we don't know what to do with and eating can feel like a great solution. But when you recognize again, the feminine is honors your power. It says, yeah, you are powerful and you have the right to use it no matter what, even if you don't think that you're attractive enough or successful enough, or, you know, look the right way, you are powerful. And then you get to play with that and use it and not feel like you need to use this distorted means, you know, of, you know, channeling that energy. Mm -hmm, Definitely. It's that deeper connection to ourselves so that we can go out and do what we're actually meant to do instead of keeping all of that, like energy bound up in our struggles with food and body image and all those different things. Yes, absolutely. And something else came to mind when I was thinking about our show today, which is something I read when I was more in the middle of my disorder that really helped, which was, and it might've been, who was it? The, the gal that we talked about. No, I'm wrong. 
it might have been her or someone like that that was speaking to it that is you know sort of on the more spiritual side but also addresses eating disorders and it was sort of that any addiction is based is a, a search for love and love is another um, another word for god or source or the universe they're all the same word to me that's my thought yeah. and it resonates because you know, I know that when I've been in the middle of a binge, it's I've, I've been able to like kind of be in awareness at times and say, what am I going for? Like, what is it that I'm wanting so badly? Cause clearly I want something I'm stuffing myself to the gills with food. There's something I want and it's not food because I, I can't even taste it. I'm not even enjoying it at this point. I'm just obsessively binging. And, and I just kind of hit me when I read that it was like, it is, I, I'm, I want love. I want, I feel like you're searching for a genuine connection, a genuine. So if we can't feel that connection to source God or whatever you want to call it to love, we're going to seek it through every other mean, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's through sex, whether it's through food, whether it's through drugs, any of these things, excitement, right? Like I was talking about, we're all just looking for the same thing. And when you're in the feminine, you know, that it's Again, like water, it surrounds you all the time. You're in love all the time. You're within it. It's accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it was Mary O'Malley. She's another author sort of in this realm. And she says, anytime we do feel those compulsions, she talks about binge eating, but it could be again, the sex, the drugs, alcohol, whatever. It's that connection to ourselves that we're looking for. And I think both sentiments are the same because when we are our truest selves, we are connected to source. We are connected yep. to God. So it's, it's that seeking and we're just looking for it in the wrong ways when we get lost and trapped in too much of, I think the world's view of how things should be. Yes, absolutely. And it really is like the most ironic thing. It's like this endless hunt for something that's literally with us the entire time. It's right here. And we spend our whole lives like, maybe it's here. Maybe this will do the trick. Maybe this will finally give me fulfillment. And it was always, always right here the whole time. So I think that being able to sit with that, because then just as you said, that's, that's finding yourself. That's literally saying, oh, I am of source. I am of infinite (laughs) spiritual being. And I don't need to keep seeking and searching Um, and I think that that's, you know, I started writing a book about addiction that I'm still working on and and that I described that you, you are sort of a seeker when you're in an addiction, you're, you're constantly seeking because you don't believe that you have, we seek out things because we think we don't have it. Well, I need to go find, you know, love because I don't have it. I need to go find, you know, a career because I don't know what to do with myself. And that those, there's a time for it. Right. And that's where the, the masculine energy is more seeking like, okay, now we've established this. I want to go seek. But if you're only ever seeking, that's basically saying that you don't have it already, but you do, we do have it already. We have value. We have worth inherently. And then we start that, you know, that expedition of trying to find it outside of ourselves. We can spend our life doing it, which is what most, most people do. I really loved what I heard once about like the masculine is meant to act in service to the feminine. So once we already know like that we are enough and what we actually desire, like on a heartfelt level, not like a brain level, then the masculine can go out and start to take those aligned actions that are connected to the feminine and they're more intuitive and they aren't 
grasping and frantic and like proving and forceful, which is a very different way of doing life. Absolutely. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I was looking around, you know, just the world, the city and that I was in. And I thought, you know, because just what you described, if you look around our world, it really is a masculine energy that's tried to serve the feminine. If you, if feminine is life, well, life came about on this planet. It did. It's not being held very well in sacredness, but it's here. Life came about and the masculine got to business and it said, okay, let me find ways to house you. Let's find ways for us to, you know, help each other out to nourish ourselves, to, you know, be able to survive and to live and to travel and do all these things. But the problem is that it's gotten out of hand. It's gotten overgrown, right? Because now the masculine believes that that's all like, no, we have, it's almost like a machine that got turned on and got turned to like its highest, you know, capacity and won't shut down. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it it started out with the intention of like, yes, I'm honoring the feminine by creating because I mean, the masculine is amazing. We have the innovations in technology and science and medicine because of the masculine, you know, of course, females can be doctors and scientists and all this, but I would say that's when they're more on their masculine energy, because those are of service to life. Feminine is life itself. Masculine is, I love that you pointed that out, Kayla, because I haven't used that term, but you're exactly right. The masculine is that which serves the feminine and not in like a, it's a, you know, a slave to it, but it's the the, again, the growth to it, it's the budding of the soil. It allows for that. It tends to it. We need that to have growth yet one, it, but it stopped honoring is what I would say. And now it thinks it's its own God, right? That, that growth and creation is more important than the thing it was originally serving, but life is always the most important, right? And as the amazing movie Jurassic Park says, life will always find a way So life is, and that's, what's happening now is feminine or life is saying, you can't just keep, you know, piling all this stuff on top of me without recognizing how I'm actually going to process it. Right. Oh no, we're just going to keep building corporations and factories and, you know, polluting the, the planet and going beyond our means of, of exploiting resources and, you know, plowing the earth for everything. Life is eventually going to say, Hey, no game's over. You can't do this. And I think what we're coming to light about people like you and I, who are talking about this, we're hoping that we can shift before like a massive thing happens, right? An extinction and extinction is possible. Mm-hmm. I don't think humanity will ever go completely extinct, but because we've had extinctions on our planet that have happened there, they say this would be like the sixth extinction. Um, and I think that there's those of us who are like, I think that we can avoid that if we just find some balance. And that's why this is, it's literally like the Super Bowl of our, of our universe. Like I've heard it described, cause I get pretty into like esoteric stuff and people would talk about highly evolved beings, other species on other planets. And what those people would say is that other planets are like pulling up their lawn chairs to come watch the way things unfold on earth right now, because it's this pivotal moment where it's like, Oh dang, what are they going to do? Like, What's, what's going to happen? How are the chips going to fall? How are things going to, because the idea is that other, because we're a part of a universe, a universe, right? We're part of a, a galaxy It's interconnected, just like different countries on the earth are connected. So are different planets to ours. We think that we're the only life in the universe. I can't say I can prove it, but I just feel very strongly. I have a strong instinct that we're not, (laughs) that there's plenty of other species out there. And I think that they are rooting for us because we, we do affect them, right? Just as any system affects any other system within its, you know, 
in its vicinity. So yeah, it's, it's just an interesting time is what I'm saying. (laughs) It definitely is. And there's so much potential to backpedal from some of the things that haven't been working and start to shift and do things differently. And like you said, just bring everything back into that balance. Yes, absolutely. And to bring it back down, I'm sorry, I tend to like sometimes go too far into the macro and get all excited, but to bring it back to the the micro, I think that there's so many, because what we're talking about a lot is energies, right? The masculine and feminine. And the beginning steps to take is recognizing how do you harness the energy within you and your power. And we've talked about addictions and, you know, personal power and expression. And another huge energy is our sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. Sexual energy is one of the greatest forces on the planet. It's what got us here. And it's, I mean, we call it sexual when we think of it as like just sex, but it literally is just like our, if you look at the, uh, the sacral chakra, you know, the chakra system, the sacral, yes, it's like in your, you know, your pelvic area, but it's not just about like when you're sexually aroused, it's about, it's the churnings of like creation, right? That's also where life comes forth. So yeah, it's about create like sexual creation, but also like creating ideas, creating a new way. But we do learn about that energy by exploring our sexuality, our needs, our desires. That's also the bigger part of sexuality is it's our desire, our desire for sex, but also for love, for connection, for create, for expression. Mm-hmm. That is one of the biggest game changers for me was when I was very much in my masculine shifting into harnessing that like creative feminine sexual energy, because I think it's all the same, right? It's creative, it's feminine, sexual, receptive. And when you can actually connect to that energy, you can become this really unstoppable force without being a masculine force, interestingly enough. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and then you get a peek at the power of the feminine, you know, where it's, it's again, feminine creates life. It, it was the original creatrix, as they say, that gave birth to the universe. So whenever we feel this sort of churning in our sacral, it's like something is ready to be birthed, whether it's a project, life, you know, a a relationship. That's also something to think about whoever we're attracted to our relations is because we see something being created between us and another person, right? A relationship really is something is born in a, in a relation between two people and it's beautiful, but that's also why breakups are so painful because something dies, right? When we come together with another person, we create relation the relationship. And I, as a therapist, I love couples work. And I always say, you have to remember there's one person, the other person, and then the relationship. Those are, there are three different entities at play here. The relationship has to be honored and cultivated and cared for in order to stay alive. But so does each person. Mm-hmm. So it's all free. But so the same way that it's created when a relation doesn't work out, the energies are kind of taken back and whatever was is, is gone. It lives on in our hearts. It lives, but it's so, um, I guess I point that out because we're, we're always creating in many different ways and it's important to, and again, this goes back to the feminine. There's so many ways rules right now around how we're supposed to love or not love what's like the correct way. What's like the, 
allowed way and what's not. And the truth is that any two energies coming together to produce that connection, I mean, it's, it's all sacred and it's all important. Whatever, whatever form love comes in, it's still love. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's another huge area of repression and a source of addiction is when people feel like I have these feelings, but I'm scared to act on them or to speak to them. Right. Whether it's about their sexuality or even their, their beliefs, their desires for what they want to create. If they're really interested in something, but they feel I can't talk about this because people will reject me, you know? And I think that's again, the reason why you and I speak to the things we do is that some people will brush us off and say, ah, that's kind of flaky or whatever. That's, there's no time for that, but I believe in it. I believe again, there'll come a day where people will say, oh man, can't believe we did the way things we did for so long. It's so much better this way, but that's the new way is never going to catch on. If those of us who believe in it, don't speak to it. So anytime we repress these things that really want to be born, that really want to be experienced, we're going to seek something else to feed, to, mm -hmm. to soothe that pain of not being able to express what we really want to. Right. Yes, definitely. And I think there's, there's often, I, I'm trying to like find the words for this, but when we have this thing, we really want to create or this thing we want to really own and oftentimes that is our sexuality like the fullness of it and we don't feel safe to do that it's often the easier path the more comfortable path to just like repress with our like tried and true addictions and distractions and I think that's why I love that you're like a therapist because to help people make that journey where they start to do healing work where they finally then feel safe and worthy enough to actually go after those bigger things they want to create. That is what is really going to change a person's life at that core level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, also it's about um, suppressing people's power mm -hmm. because there's, there's power in being able to let these ideas out and these desires come forward. And just as we were talking about, um, when you're in the midst of an addiction, it does feel sometimes like this powerful thing that just can consume you. And I do believe it's because it's when, because we're not channeling that power in the ways that we truly want to. Mm -hmm. Say that someone is in this place where they know they have these desires that are on their heart. They want to create them, but it doesn't feel safe or they just don't feel ready. And they're over here, distracting, repressing. What are some steps those people can take to start to move towards creating that, which they truly want. Yeah. Well, I think that anyone who's come to that awareness, that's a huge step. Some people will live their whole lives. Not it's like this rumbling, this like thing inside them, but they're too afraid to even look at it. So they don't, they don't even know. So if you're starting to recognize, okay, there's something that I actually really feel drawn towards, whether it's someone you want to love or something you want to create and you don't feel safe. I think the first step is to, really speak it to yourself first, say the words, write it out, write it, write it in a journal, or even say it out loud to yourself. I'm in love with this person. And I'm, I don't think I can be with them because I don't think I would be accepted. Mm -hmm. That's huge. The spoken word is huge. It, you know, it can bring you to tears when you finally actually say out loud something you've only kind of had in the back of your mind and were too afraid to maybe even think. So first you say it to yourself and then, you know, it can be, be very powerful to find a safe, person or place to speak that 
to somebody else to have someone bear witness to your truth. Cause as soon as you put that out there, you're, you're saying basically to the universe, I'm ready to be relieved of this. I'm ready to, and in, in terms of like this guilt or I'm, re- I'm ready to express this freely. I'm ready to be free. Cause that's ultimately what also the feminine is about is about freedom. Yeah. Right. Right now. And I don't want to say that the, the masculine is about constriction, but I will say that conditionality is, is restriction where it's like, well, you're going to have to change this angle of yourself because it's not right. So you're like, okay, I'm going to hide this and I'm going to do this. The feminine is, is always flowing. It knows you have to be open to be healthy. So you're allowing something to come through. So again, the second step is speaking to someone and letting yourself be open and then finding ways to really embrace whatever it is that you've been trying to hold back. And there's, cause there is a community and outlets for everything now, you know, that our people talk about how crazy our world is and it is, but we also have to give credit to how far we've come, you know, 50 years ago, there were so many more things that people could never imagine admitting to or expressing people were so much more repressed. Right. And and unfortunately it still happens, but we've come a long way and there's a community for almost anyone for whatever you're wanting to create. Like, look at us, you know, we had this calling. I don't know about you, but when I first felt inclined towards the, the divine feminine and this change in our world, at first I was like, what the heck? Like, why am I kind of obsessed with this idea? Like, where do I go with this? And lo and behold, all of a sudden these people started coming into my life that were aligned with the same notion. And I found that there's huge communities out there and there is, that's another, you know, um, advantage to the more masculine production of things like, again, technology, technological advancements, the internet, right? There's pros and cons to it, of course, but because of it, we can connect with people all over the world. We have communities that from people from like 20 different continents, there's not that many continents <laughs> from, from a bunch of different places. Yes. And, um, and it's a beautiful thing. So I, what I'm saying is that first you speak it to yourself, then you speak it to another, then you find your people, you find your community that, that will embrace and support this in you, in your freedom and your full expression. And just know that it is accessible or talk to someone like myself or you, you know, get involved in a community where people are talking about these things. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are some really powerful, um, just different guidelines for people who are starting to like get into this work. So I really appreciate that. And I would just love to hear aside from like starting to create and go after those goals. What about just like, being more in a person's feminine energy on a daily basis. Do you have any like favorite go-to practices for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's, it's a lot of little small things, you know? Um, I personally, a a big shift for me, it it happened during the pandemic, right? When our life slowed down, Mm -hmm. uh, I was always like on the go all the time until March of 2020 hit, I would like leave my house at 9am and not get back until 9pm. And I loved it. I thrived on that masculine, like, let's go, let's go. Okay. I got all this stuff to do. I'm so productive. And then I slowed down and I suddenly realized there was so much that my body was telling me. And there was so much that my, my being and my mind and my body were wanting that I was ignoring. So one practice is to really start noticing how you feel, right? So again, it can be kind of like a typical thing, but 
meditation is huge because at least even if it's for like five minutes and just laying there somewhere or just really getting attuned with what you're feeling. Also something I'll offer to anyone who struggles with having a meditation practice. Meditation does not have to be this formal, like sitting down, closing your eyes. Anything that allows you to focus on one thing is meditation. For some people, gardening is meditation because you're in there, you're like getting into the soil, you're planting, you're watering, you're focused. And it's very, like, just very soothing. Mm -hmm. Some people even doing the dishes is like, you're, cause you're just there and you're present. So anything that brings you focus can be meditative. So getting into that as often throughout the day where you're just even like a, literally like a 10 second meditation where you're like, this is where I am. I want to connect with myself in this moment and recognize that before I start racing off to all the other things, I want to take a deep breath with myself and offer some love and gratitude which again, way too often is considered like, you know, too woo and hit, but it's just the truth. It's honoring life. We act as if like life is this thing that we'll give acknowledgement to when we have time, but life is all there is. So it's important to connect and say, I feel my heart. That's another thing, like putting your hand on your heart. If you only have like five seconds and just seeing the phenomenon that is like your beating heart and your body. That's also a huge thing I offer to those in the midst of an eating disorder is I I know for myself and so many, I spent most of my time criticizing my body and judging it and really having very little respect or gratitude to it towards it and more critique of it. Like, Oh gosh, now these pants don't fit. Now my, this looks too big rather than saying like, God, this body gets me through every day and works 24 seven to allow me to experience life. That's pretty badass. So, you know, so kind of taking that time to have gratitude and appreciation and be mindful of how we're talking to ourselves and our bodies. That's another way to get into your feminine is to ask yourself, would I speak the way that I'm speaking to myself to my best friend? And if the answer is no, ask yourself why. And usually it's because it's not very nice (laughs) what you're saying. And then you got to ask, why am I talking to myself in a rude way? How is that helpful? So those are some practices. Then another one is what I was going to say is that as I started slowing down, I was able to notice more what I was, what I was being drawn towards. So I started realizing that sometimes I needed to go out and be in the sun. I needed to go out and be in nature. So just realizing like, what are you being called towards? What are you craving? The same way that we crave a cold, cold glass of water when we're super thirsty, our body will crave nature when we've been inside on a computer for too long. Our body will crave connection with another human when we've been alone for too long. But when we're too busy, we don't notice that. So these are always, these are all feminine things. I think of feminine is that which is always there, but we don't always notice right? Which is another thing you could say about God or love or source. It's always there for you. It's just a matter of you acknowledging it, right? So anything that allows you to acknowledge what is and show gratitude is being in your feminine and honoring the sacredness of you and life itself. Yeah. So I loved a few things you said there that I wanted to touch on. One is just that like the presence is just like the biggest key to all of this. And 
I think oftentimes when we are suffering or wanting to like be compulsive, we're thinking about the past or the future. And when we can just drop in and be present, that is such a powerful thing. And then mentioning that it doesn't need to be this like 20 minute mindfulness session. It's, it's taking like 10 seconds to just notice all five senses and then just appreciating it for a moment and giving yourselves those little micro breaks throughout the day does wonders for your energy and your sense of well-being and it can really set the tone for how you end up going into your evening and I think the evening is when many people tend to struggle with their eating habits or other addictions so I love that you covered these things yeah absolutely and that's so true you know there is something about that was always the hardest time for me and I would dread the evenings because I mean here's a hard thing about any disorder or addiction is that feeling of not being able to trust yourself Like, it's almost like you're your own, like, you know, monster on your shoulder. Like, that's how I felt about myself. When I was in my eating disorder, I felt like this destructive person took over. And I was always afraid of that person because I would be like, okay, I've done so well this week. I haven't binged. Please don't let it happen tonight. Please let me get through tonight without binging. And it's like, how am I pleading for to be safe for myself? (laughs) Like, what a strange thing. But that's where you find yourself when you're in the midst of addiction. And to me, that it, that does indicate that it truly is a power because it's that power side of yourself that you're afraid of. It's the part that's yearning for something that you're not allowing it an outlet for. So it's coming in in a different angle. It's saying, hey, I, I have to be expressed. So if you can't do, I need like, I'm going to be yearning for something and you're going to go think that it's food that it wants, but it's not food. It's freedom. It's expression. So, yeah. And, and so it, there. And there's things that we can do, right. When we're in those moments, um, sort of habits that we can, or things that we can incorporate, like making sure that our evening has, has a certain schedule to it, or there's certain, maybe we like spend our evenings, um, connecting with somebody else. Maybe we set like a time where we have like a phone call with a friend. Maybe that's when we work out just anything that helps us to kind of avoid that time that we usually that that presence kind of presents itself. I'll call it that because that's what it feels like, you know, is that again, like when you get that craving for a binge or when, you know, the alcoholic wants to go grab their drink, it's usually in those late evening hours when it feels like, okay, all my tasks are done. So now what do I do with myself? And that's when that power will come through and want to kind of take over. That is so true. Whitney, I have loved having this conversation with you. And as we wrap up, I would love to hear A, how people can find out more about you. And then B, just share a little bit about um, your podcast as we end. I know we talked about it at the beginning and I'll include links to everything for everyone in the episode description. Thanks so much, Kayla. Yeah, so um, people can find me. Um, let's see, I'm on Instagram, Women Waken. I also have a YouTube channel, the Women Women Waken where I have uh, most of my podcasts that I've done. I think I started back in April doing the video portion up on YouTube. So you can find, you can find out more about me, see my interviews. And then you can also visit my website, which is womenwaken.com. I would love for anyone to email me, Whitney at womenwaken.com. If you have any thoughts, if you think you might be a good guest on my show, Again, my show is a lot about the restoration of the divine feminine, the bringing the divine feminine into the world, creating that balance. So right now it's really about interviewing anyone who's doing that work. That is an expression of a healing practice or anything that's really sharing gifts to bring back 
or bring forward, you know, the feminine and create that greater harmony and, and whether it's through healing or resolving addictions or anything just really spiritually based. Cause I'm also again, like super out there in terms. So if you want to like learn about anything pretty esoteric, or if you have any work that's related to that, you can reach out to me. Uh, but yeah, my, my podcast and journal just really follows my, my vision, which is let's, let's talk about the world that can be let's identify what's not working with the world that is. And let's get excited about how the world can shift, not into just this like lovey dovey, perfect place, because I don't believe the world will ever be perfect. It's not about that. It's just, it can be different, right? We can live in a different way that will allow for more people to express themselves freely, to freely be themselves, right? Anytime that we are constricted and feel contained, we're in fear. That's another quote that I love. It says, fear is holding on and love is letting go. And you mentioned a bit ago, Kayla, about how um, people really hold on to the past or the future. They're either in, because, because you can hold on to those, you can hold on to the past and just ruminate over it and obsess over it. Or you can reach to the future and just really dig into all that anxiety, but to be in the present, you have to let go. You have to just be, and people don't want to do that because it's scary. It's almost like free falling, right? You have to just be willing to let your arms go and not hold on to anything. And I think collectively, again, that's why a lot of us are addicted because addiction is holding on to something in fear and being stuck in that rather than releasing. So that's definitely the theme of my show is how can we release more? And what would life be like if we lived in love rather than in fear? It'd be awesome. <laughs> it so would. So I will include links to all of that because if my listeners listen to this show, and if they were the listeners who listened during the Thrive series in February, uh, they will absolutely want to dive into your content as well. So I just want to thank you again for joining me today. Fantastic. Thank you for, for having me. And I'm just so grateful to have met you, Kayla. I hope that we'll collaborate more and I'm sure that we will. So I will look forward to that. I think we will because initially we were going to talk about like owning our sexuality and uh releasing sexual shame. And we just talked about feminine energy the whole time, which was amazing. So we will have to collaborate again. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to dive. That's such an important topic I want to delve into. So we'll just maybe have to do like a little series together or something because we have a lot we can cover together. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.